Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share the knowledge, tips, and strategies that you need to lose weight, prevent disease, and get healthy. Now, today's episode is a little bit different. I actually took the sound clips from a five-part video series called How to Get Over Your Sugar Addiction that I did last summer. And I cut the fluff out and I put them all together into one episode for you. So it's a quick hit episode with a ton of actionable tips and strategies that you can use to reduce your sugar cravings and eat less sugar. Now I did try to edit out um, some old information regarding a URL for the workbook. So the current URL to go and get the workbook that goes along with this five-part video series is reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash sugar. And I'd really encourage you to go and get that workbook because if you watch the videos and you go through the workbook and you do the action items, which I did not include in this podcast today, you will see more results. So you can't just passively be absorbing this information. You have to be taking action and putting it into practice. Again, that's reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash sugar. I would love to see you go download that after you listen to this, listen to this episode and then watch the videos and do the work. Let me know what you think. You can always email info at reshapept.com with any questions, but let's go ahead and dive into the first video. I want to give you a brief overview of the five steps. Now, the first video that I'm doing today is going to discuss the first step, which is understanding your why. And in this video, we're going to dig a little deeper into what is motivating you to get healthy. Because when you have a really clear um, picture of who or what is important to you, why you want to get healthy, it makes those everyday decisions you have to make a lot easier. The second step in the system is know the facts. And in this video, I'm going to be talking shop about all facts sugar related, how it affects your mind, how it affects your body how to read food labels, and how much sugar is actually hidden in a lot of the foods that are marketed as being healthy. The third step is to check your mindset. And in this video, I'm going to talk about a healthy mindset towards sugar. Um, It's not an all or nothing mentality. There are no last meals. And so if we really start with your mindset, you are going to have a much greater chance of long-term success controlling your sweet tooth. The fourth video is all about planning ahead. So we're planning for success. And I'm going to give you a few tips and strategies on how to plan to eat less sugar and be successful. The fifth step, which I think is most important, is being accountable. Because if you're not accountable to anybody, um, the chance of success is slim to none. So you have to be ready to change and you have to be ready to be accountable for reaching your goals. That's a brief overview of the videos. Let's go ahead and dive into step number one, which is understand your why. Here is a snapshot of page one in the workbook. Now, the first step is all about understanding your why. Another way to put this is what is most important to you? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? It is so much easier to say no to the little temptations when you have your greater yes in mind. I want you to do something with me. I want you to take three minutes. I know that that is hard to do in this fast paced, instant gratification world, but really pause this video and just sit and think for three minutes. Who do you love? What do you want to do? What are your goals and why are those important to you? 
After you've paused this video and set your timer for three minutes, I want you to write down those three reasons. All right, how did that exercise go for you? Did you come up with your three reasons? When I did it, I came up with about five and I wanted to share those with you. Number one is being a good example for my clients. I definitely want to walk the talk and practice what I preach. Number two is being a great mom to my son. I want to be active and engaged and have the energy and mobility to get down and play with him. Number three is I want to be a great wife. I want to have the energy to you know, go on dates and go on vacation and keep the house up and cook the meals. Um, and I also love that little side glance that I get when I dress up for the rare date night. Number four is avoiding all of those health conditions that I saw in traditional geriatric physical therapy. Being sick with preventable conditions like type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of money. I mean, it really robs you of your quality of life. So I want to avoid that. And then my last reason are my parents. While they are young and active and independent now, I know that in the future they might need a little bit more help from me. So I want to stay healthy so that I can help care for them if and when that's needed. That's all for step one. I hope that you enjoyed those three minutes of quiet time where you could just sit and think about what and who is important to you in this life, who and what motivates you to get out of bed every day and to get healthy. I enjoyed sharing my reasons with you, and I would invite you to email your reasons to info at reshapept.com. I love hearing from you, and it helps me tailor this information to meet your specific needs. So the next video is about the facts on sugar. I'm going to talk about how sugar affects your mind and your body, how to read food labels better, and about the hidden sugar that's found in foods that are often marketed as being healthy for us. That's all for today. I'll see you next time. I broke up today's content into four different parts. Number one is how much added sugar is too much. Number two is what counts as added sugar. Number three is how does that sugar affect your mind and your body. And number four is practicing identifying hidden sugar in foods. Be sure to watch to the very end to get your action items. Okay, step number one, how much added sugar is too much? The American Heart Association recommends women have no more than six teaspoons or 24 grams of added sugar per day. There's about four grams in one teaspoon and men have no more than nine teaspoons or 38 grams of added sugar per day. I'm going to measure that out for you just so you can get a little visual of what six teaspoons actually looks like. I have a little basin of sugar and I'm going to measure it into this plastic container here. So one, two, three, four, five, six. There it is, six teaspoons of added sugar or your maximum recommended daily intake of added sugar. The next question we need to ask is what counts as added sugar? There are three major categories of sugar. The first is fructose, which is the sugar found naturally in fruit. The second is lactose, which is the sugar found naturally in dairy products. And the third is just going to be regular table sugar or added sugar. Now this is the sugar that comes in all sorts of different forms and varieties. There's actually over 61 different names for added sugar and it's hiding in over 74% 
of the processed or packaged food products in your grocery store. This is a picture of a basic food label. The one on the left just indicates sugars and the one on the right includes added sugars. So again, there are all sorts of different names for sugar. So you have to look at the ingredients list to determine if it is an added sugar or if it's a natural sugar like the fructose or the lactose. Let's talk for a little bit about total carbs. So total carbs is sugars plus fiber plus starches. You can safely assume that whatever carbs are left after accounting for the sugar and the fiber grams are from starch. Remember that your body will process extra starch much in the same way that it does excess sugar. It's going to turn that into fat. This fat that your body makes from excess starch and sugar is actually what makes you sick and fat because it causes insulin resistance which often precedes things like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure leading to cardiovascular disease. Other conditions like dementia and strokes and obesity and muscle aches and fatigue and depression have also been linked to insulin resistance caused by excess starch and sugar. Now, I know a lot of you are probably familiar with the low-fat diet and have probably followed it for a long time. I'm telling you, the research is showing that we need to jump off that wagon. Um, that is not the way to lasting weight loss. We do not have to be afraid of dietary fat. Again, dietary fat does not make us fat. It's the excess sugar and starch that we get, um, especially from these added sugars in our food that's making us sick. So that's a little bit about how sugar can affect your body. Let's talk about how sugar can affect your brain. One study found that when rats were given the option between sweetened water and cocaine, they chose the sweet water 94% of the time. That sweetness can be really addicting. And among other reasons, one is because of a chemical called dopamine. Now when you eat something sweet, dopamine is released in your brain. And dopamine is your feel-good hormone. So you wanna be feeling good more and more, that means you're gonna want more and more of those sweet foods. The next part of this presentation is all about identifying hidden sugar in your foods, and I'm so excited to share these next slides with you because I think it's gonna be really eye-opening and enlightening um, to start thinking about foods in a different way. Um, I hope after this next part of the presentation, you never think of Gatorade or barbecue sauce the same way. So let's get started. I have about 20 different food products that I'm gonna show you today. And I'm going to highlight the front of the packaging, some marketing that they use, and show you the back and indicate how much sugar is actually in the product. If they differentiated added sugar, then I use that number. And since we don't commonly use grams in America, I converted it to teaspoons so that you can visualize how much is in that product compared to what I showed you earlier um, that was the daily recommended amount for a female, which was six teaspoons. Let's get started. The first thing I wanted to do was what I used to eat in physical therapy school all the time, and that is a Cliff Bar. So I chose this crunchy peanut butter Cliff Bar. On the front it says made with organic peanut butter. This is what it looks like on the inside. So it's really pretty small. 
And one thing to notice between a lot of these products is colorful packaging, but on the inside they're dull and they're usually brown. So on the back of this food label, it says that there's 19 grams of sugar. And I have a little picture here, and 19 grams equals 4.75 teaspoons. So a little bit more and you're already at your daily limit eating a bar that looks like it should be healthy for you. Here is some granola. This is Nature Valley Protein Oats and Honey Granola. On the back you can see that there's 10 grams of protein in a half a cup and I measured that out. Right here is about a half a cup. In this half cup there are 12 grams of sugar. So that equates three teaspoons or about half of your daily recommendation of sugar in just a half a cup of your healthy granola. I don't still have the yogurt from my in-person workshop because it would have gone bad, but the yogurt that I used for demonstration had 10 grams of added sugar or two and a half teaspoons. So if you're using that, topping it with a half a cup of that granola, you're already at five and a half teaspoons of added sugar a day, almost up to your daily limit, eating a breakfast that you thought was healthy. The next food example I have here are Honey Nut Cheerios. A serving size is three quarters of a cup, just about like that, which fills up about a half a bowl. So most people are going to have double that for an average serving size. And if you look at the back of the box, there's only two grams of protein and nine grams of sugar. So again, most people have double that, so they're gonna have about four and a half teaspoons of added sugar in a setting. How about my favorite coffee creamer by Coffee Mate? It's this peppermint mocha flavor. One serving size is just one tablespoon. And I don't know about you, but I get a little generous with my coffee creamer sometimes, and I would usually use about two tablespoons and have two cups of coffee. So what that means is that I was having, per serving, 1.25 teaspoons, right? So times two, and times two cups, that'd be five teaspoons of added sugar in my morning coffee. Up next is another quick breakfast item, the Belvita breakfast things that I'm sure that you've seen, and this flavor is blueberry. So the packaging here says, four hours nutritious steady energy, and I would beg to differ, and I'm sure you would too if you've ever had one of these, because it really leaves you wanting more, and it doesn't actually keep you full for very long. This is what the outside package looks like, and then when you take that out, they kind of cr got crumbled up, but again, you know, notice the bright colorful packaging, and then the dull food inside. So if we look at the back of the box, what we see is that in one serving of these biscuits, there are 11 grams of sugar or 2.75 teaspoons. So almost half of your daily recommendation. Here's some Special K Redberry cereal. Here's the front of the box. And here's one serving size. So Special K is a little bit more generous than Cheerios. They give you one and a quarter cups per serving. Looking at the back of the box though, there are 10 grams of added sugar per serving size. And I don't know about you, but usually I can't stop after one serving size. The reason is because it has 10 grams of added sugar, which remember releases that dopamine in your brain and makes you want more and more. What if you're on the run and you need a quick breakfast? I have a few items you might want to think twice about before purchasing. 
The first would be these breakfast essentials. And if you notice on the front, they tout 13 grams of protein and a bunch of vitamins and minerals. If we open this up, this is what the individual packets look like. And then inside of this packet is this. So a bunch of powder, and then you mix that with your milk. And in one of those packets, there's actually 19 grams of sugar or 4.75 teaspoons. So that's probably not gonna leave you very satisfied. How about oatmeal? That's heart healthy, right? Well, maybe not with all the added sugar that comes in this little guy. This is the maple and brown sugar variety from Quaker Oats, and they do make a lower sugar variety. Um, but inside of that is this little packet, and inside of this is actually 14 grams of sugar, and that equates three and a half teaspoons, over half of your daily recommendation in your healthy oatmeal. When I was doing research for this presentation, I was shocked at how much sugar can be found in the healthy energy bars. And this particular one surprised me. It has 20 grams of protein, but more sugar than what's in this daily recommendation of six teaspoons. This actually has 6.25 grams of sugar. Let's take a look at Nutella. This is that chocolate hazelnut spread that in commercials they spread on quote-unquote healthy whole wheat toast. Now one serving size is two tablespoons, and this is two tablespoons. If you look at the back on Nutella, the number one ingredient is sugar. And in just two tablespoons, there's 19 grams of added sugar, or 4.75 teaspoons. Condiments can be some of the worst culprits. Here, this delicious Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce has actually 16 grams of added sugar in one serving size of two tablespoons. Most of us use more than just one serving size though. So this is four teaspoons or 16 grams of sugar. And I want you to pretend like there's a nice piece of steak or grilled chicken. And when you're pouring this barbecue sauce on the chicken, you're actually pouring sugar all over your meat. Doesn't that look delicious? Let's talk about beverages. Hidden sugar in your drinks is a huge problem. This pretty looking Arizona tea with ginseng and honey has 16 grams in just one serving. So it's important to look at the serving size because there's three servings in here, which means there's 48 grams of sugar or 12 teaspoons. This next example is a great reason why you should not pay attention to marketing and you should look at the back of the food label. This is touted as being healthy because it has probiotics, but the back nutrition label says it has 32 grams of sugar or eight teaspoons over the recommended daily amount of sugar in one quote unquote healthy drink. Now you knew that I'd have to talk about pop. This one can of Pepsi has 41 grams of sugar. The next time you're drinking a regular pop, I want you to think about just taking this big old shot of sugar that has 10.25 teaspoons, way over how much you should have in a day, no matter if you're a woman or a man. Here's another water, this vitamin water, that's actually marketed as being healthy, and one serving size is one bottle. On the back, you're going to see that there's 26 grams of added sugar, or six and a half teaspoons, which is over your daily allotment. Let's take a look at this Blue Frost Gatorade. 
this one bottle actually contains two and a half servings. And in one serving size, there's 21 grams of added sugar. So if you times that by two and a half, that's 52 and a half grams or 13 teaspoons or double, over double of your recommended daily allotment of added sugar. How about one of my favorite movie treats? These peanut M&Ms here. This box actually has three servings. In one of those servings, there are 14 grams of sugar or three and a half teaspoons. This is what one serving looks like. It's about 12 M&Ms. I don't know about you, but I tend to eat the whole box of M&Ms, which would be 14 grams times three or 42, so 10 and a half teaspoons of sugar. All right, my college students, this one thing of Easy Mac has five grams of added sugar or 1.25 teaspoons. You can't just assume that because it's not sweet, it doesn't have added sugar. You knew that I'd also have to talk about dessert. So I just picked Oreos and I picked these thins because I thought, well, maybe if someone wants Oreos, but they're trying to be a little healthier, they'll get the thin ones. One serving size is four. So to me, it looks like about two normal Oreos. And in this serving size, there are 12 grams of sugar or three teaspoons, but who really stops it for? Let's go ahead and dive into today's step on checking your mindset. Here's a snapshot of this step in your workbook so you can follow along. I broke down today's content into three major categories to make it easier to understand. The first is that you have to be ready to change your lifestyle and stop dieting. The second is that I, I want you to not have an all or nothing mentality. And the third is that if you wanna change your habits, you really have to start by changing your thoughts. Let's go ahead and dive into those three things and be sure that you watch till the very end to get your action steps. Step number one is that this is a lifestyle change, not a diet. I want you to be in it for the long haul. I want you to be committed and I want you to keep promises that you make to yourself. I want you to have a healthy relationship with dessert. That means one that you can control and that you choose when you indulge. Um, I know that we've all probably been there and we've said, I'm not going to have any sweets tonight. And then somehow we just eat all of them. Um, I want you to get over that. And I want you to be able to enjoy dessert on a special occasion and not feel guilty um, and not feel like you have to go and burn off the extra calories that you just ate. I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face. You cannot out-exercise a bad diet. Step number two is this is not all or nothing. I once had a friend tell me that she felt like she was having last meals, like this was the last time she was going to have cake or ice cream or cookies, and she just felt like she had to have it all because she was never going to have it again. Now, obviously, this is not a healthy mindset because life happens and special occasions happen, and when they do, it is okay to have some sweets. But 90% of the time, especially when you're trying to lose weight, I want you to say the three magic words. No, thank you. It's incredible what those three little words can do. It's also going to be surprising how many times you have to use them. But I want you to do that so that the 10% of the time on those special occasions, you can have a special treat and not feel guilty about it. And again, not feel like you have to go burn off those calories because you're making an active choice to have a special treat for a special occasion. 
Step three is that your thoughts determine your feelings, which determine your actions, which build your habits. A lot of times when we're eating sweets, it's because we're eating them out of impulse or habits that have formed subconsciously. We don't even notice them. Um, and step three is about reversing that and making the active choice to change a habit that forms subconsciously. I'm gonna say that again, we're making an active choice to change a subconscious habit. It takes time and it takes practice um, and it happens one step at a time, but it is so worth it because then when you're in that special occasion um, and you want one sweet, you've practiced saying no thank you enough times that you have the self-discipline and you have the control to stop after just one. And that is a great feeling and it really builds your confidence to have those little mini victories along the way. As these three steps suggest, in order to change our habits, we really have to start with our thoughts. We have to work backwards. And that's what we're doing through these videos. I am trying to help change your habits by changing what you know about sugar and how you think about sugar. The next time you are at a barbecue and you want to add a bunch of barbecue sauce to your chicken, I hope you remember me pouring a bunch of sugar onto that plastic tray, pretending to pour it over chicken or steak. Um, and just think about that. You know, think about pouring sugar over your meat. It's not very appealing. Or the next time you want to have a pop, think about taking a big old shot of sugar because that's what you're doing to your body. Um, or if you want to pour a bunch of maple syrup on your pancakes, you know, check the back, check the back of the label before you do that, and you might want to make a better choice. Ultimately, that is my job. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you make better choices about your health. Today's step is all about planning for success. So I'm going to give you some nuts and bolts on, you know, what to do to curb your sugar cravings. And the last step, which is my favorite, is get accountable. And I'll share some tips with you on how to improve your accountability to reach your goals. Here's a picture of step four in the workbook for you to follow along. The main points that I'm going to cover today to reduce your sugar cravings um, and help you eat less sugar in general are to identify your trigger foods, drink lots of water, meal plan and meal prep, and budget your sugar. Let's go ahead and dive into each one of those individually. Let's talk about trigger foods. Trigger foods are foods that make you want to eat more of them or just more food in general than you initially planned on eating. For me, my trigger food, or at least one of them, is puppy chow. I could eat a whole bowl of puppy chow and not even think twice about it. For some people, it's cake. For some people, it's cookies. For some people, it's ice cream. It's that food in your house that you can't forget that it's there and you keep going back to it even though you don't want to anymore. So even though your mom told you to eat all of your food and don't waste food, I'm telling you get it out of your house because your body will thank you for it. The second tip I have for you is to drink a lot of water. The general recommendation is to get eight cups of water a day. And for most people, unless you're very petite, this is not gonna be enough. You should really aim for about half of your body weight in ounces of water per day. And I'm not talking about pop, I'm not talking about coffee or things that are going to dehydrate you. I'm talking about water. Um, some teas are going to be okay as well. And a good way to tell if you're hydrated is to check the color of your urine. It should be clear or very light yellow. My next tip for you is to meal plan and meal prep. This used to be really intimidating to me. I wasn't sure if I was going to have time 
um, or the knowledge to do it, but it's really not that hard. Pinterest has a lot of great meal prep ideas and that's a good place to start. Um, I find that I save money when I do well with meal prepping and meal planning because I'm eating out less. It helps me eat less sugar because I'm not eating as much on the go, so I have healthy food options um, ready and available. And it reduces my stress level because it's one less decision that I have to make during a busy week. The last tip I have for you today is to budget your sugar. Now I know that it's going to be impossible to give up added sugar completely unless you are Superman or Superwoman. Life happens and those special occasions happen and it's okay to treat yourself and have a little exception. Um, but if you're going to do that, I would recommend that you really watch your sugar intake for the rest of that day or even the rest of that week depending on the situation. Remember that women are only supposed to have 24 grams or about 6 teaspoons of sugar a day and men are supposed to limit it to 9 teaspoons or about 38 grams. So just plan ahead. If you know that there's something coming up, try to reduce your sugar intake and be more mindful of what you're eating. So there are four tips for you on how to reduce your overall sugar intake and curb your cravings. Let's recap them one more time. The first one was to identify your trigger foods and get them out of the house. The second was to drink plenty of water, and I would also add on there to eat a lot of protein and healthy fat, and those will help you to feel full and reduce your cravings. The next was to meal plan and meal prep if you can. That's going to help keep healthy food available and reduce your variance in food um, and just make your life a little bit less stressful. And the last one is to budget your sugar. It's okay to have sweets every now and then, but just plan ahead and be mindful about added sugar in the rest of your food that day or week. My first recommendation for you um, on how to improve accountability is to get an accountability partner. Now this can be a friend or a spouse um, or a partner or me. I serve as an accountability partner for all of my clients. But this is someone who is just as dedicated to improving your health as you are. They have to be in it with you. Um, they have to be your cheerleader. Um, I serve as a guide as well when um, clients are having a plateau um, or they're having a barrier, you know, I help troubleshoot on how we can push past those plateaus and barriers. So if you can find an accountability partner who really knows what they're talking about, that's going to help you even more. But research definitely shows that your weight loss efforts, your um, efforts to overcome your sugar addiction are going to be much more successful if someone is holding you accountable to reaching your goals. Think about just life in general and how having somebody to be accountable to changes your behavior. Let's take school for example. I know I had a lot of tests to take in undergraduate and physical therapy school um, and for my specialization in geriatrics. And if I didn't have those tests, I might not have studied so hard. The next recommendation I have for you is to actually track what you're eating. I know earlier in this video series, I encouraged you to track how many grams of sugar you were eating. Um, but sometimes sugars, again, hidden in foods, or maybe you're eating too many natural sugars. Um, any extra sugar, whether it's natural or artificial, um, is going to be a barrier to overcome your sugar addiction. So tracking your food and really understanding what you're putting in your body can go a long ways in just giving you better information to work with. I have found, though, that there are a couple different food applications like my fitness pal and carb manager that I prefer more than others. 
However, if you don't have somebody on the other end of that application, um, you are not likely to follow through on using it. So for all of my clients, um, I actually like become friends with them on the application so that I can see what they're eating and we can get straight to troubleshooting during our sessions. Um, and I'm not just asking them, well, what did you have to eat on Monday and Tuesday, etc. So there you have it, my five-step system to overcome your sugar addiction audio version. I do hope that you go and you grab your workbook and that you actually watch the videos. I think that you can learn more when you're engaging in different forms. So you listen to it and then you watch it and then you write it down and you do the action items. That's really when you're going to start to see that habit change. I hope you tune in next week to the podcast. I'm going to be talking about the keto diet. Um, I'm doing a review about a research study who followed people for six months, and I'll talk about their results. I'm also going to give you my take on the keto diet and why I usually recommend it as a weight loss strategy, but not a lifestyle. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and left a review, please take the time to do that if you're getting value from this information. It helps the podcast get seen by and in turn help as many people as possible. That's all for this week. I'll talk to you same time, same place next week. Bye for now.